Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Gucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the great introduction and to our guy, Mike Regina, with the wonderful intro music. As always, we've got a great episode for you, a lot of NBA talk, but first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? First of all, I got to tell you to stop talking so much because you got to stop thanking Nicole and Regina before every show. We're going to start having to owe them royalties at some point. Like Nicole's already kind of poking around about, hey, like, you know, how much is that check worth if you keep using my voice at the beginning of the show? So we love both those people, but just just stop mentioning them. It's going to be too expensive. But other than that, I guess there's no witnesses here to see me annihilate you on the show. So I guess we can get started. You got to be kind to the people that have helped you along the way. Right. But JT, you obviously think you did it all yourself. So that's why your name's on the show first. Oh, I but see. I see. It's I all see good. This is the direction we're going to. It's all, all right. good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, you, right. you started it. So right. I'll let you, you go. So annoying. I'll let you go first then, all right? Now that the NBA season is is over with, all right, let's go back and, and let's talk about some of the hot topics in the NBA here. We all know the season did not end well for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, in fact, it ended in a, in a sweep, as we saw. A lot of the blame was, throw, was thrown around after the season. Um, but let's first ask, what went wrong with them this particular year? I know we kind of talked about it before, but put a final stamp on it. Oh, it's easy. The superstars just didn't live up to the hype. Like, where was Kyrie? Well, we know where he was. <laughs> not on the team, not practicing, didn't want to get vaccinated and stuff like that. But I'm saying he did, Kyrie didn't live up to the hype. James Harden definitely didn't live up to the hype. You know how I feel about him being out of shape and all that kind of stuff. But those two guys, they were brought in to have a big three, right? Didn't look like one to me. So those guys not living up to the potential that Brooklyn thought they had in the big three. But also, too, they just didn't have enough size. Like, think about it. There were times where Bruce Brown was playing center. Like, hey, look, that's a hurricane. I love Bruce Brown. Shark. I mean, he can ball. He's a good defender. But he's like, what, 6'4"? Like, there's no way you can consistently think he's going to guard guys like Tatum and Brown or teams that have bigger wings or he's got to play a person that's playing the four or the five. So I think lack of depth, lack of size, and just Kyrie and James Harden not living up to the billing is ultimately what derailed them. Well, I've told you this before. I pinpointed, you've mentioned him already. I pinpointed the James Harden, right? I mean, they traded the future for him to help him win now. And what's he do, JT? What, what does he do in return? He quits. All right. Had he waited just a little bit longer, Kyrie would have come back for home games. All right. KD was getting healthier. And, but no, he had to be selfish like James Harden usually is. They could have had their own big three going into the playoffs and probably make a pretty deep run, if not to the NBA finals. And, you know, he 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 hurt them in two ways. First, they had the trade for him. 
right? They had to trade for James Harden. So who do they get rid of? Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. You just mentioned they had no big guys in the middle. Well, it would have been nice to have a guy like Jared Allen. And then they give up draft picks as well, I believe. And then they have to now turn around and trade them in return, get Ben Simmons, which in all honesty, the Brooklyn Nets probably knew he was not going to be either at top form to, to play. He for wasn't going to be a factor at this right. year. Exactly. Based on the value they were trading for. Exactly. So they knew that, but they still had what, to move Harden because your, he quit. On, Tom, what is your love affair with Jared Allen? He's a, I mean, there's no love you affair, love but he's, I feel like this is, this is going really on like player. two years now. Like anytime you can talk about him, you just like, he is the missing piece to every team. He's a really good player. And you talk about, he doesn't need to be a superstar. He doesn't need to be Shaq or Elijah Wan or a Tim Duncan down low. He just needs to be a really good piece to protect the rim, get rebounds, and score every once in a while on offensive uh, rebounds. That's all. That. That's all. Now well, I want to change my answer. So I think the – Too late. Too late. No, no, seriously. I think I think the reason that it didn't work, if you're going to blame James Harden, you got to blame the strip clubs in Brooklyn because he came out and said, like, the strip clubs in Brooklyn were not good. So you know how James Harden operates. Bad strip clubs, bad performance. I want to leave. Strip clubs are bad. He's going to put on the fat suit, pretend like he's hurt. And he's out. So, I mean, he tried in Philly. And according to, you know, Germ, our boy, inside, insider from Philly, 76ers, he said, hey, Philly strip clubs, some of the best in the country. So James Harden's probably going to opt in. So you can't discount the level of strip clubs in Brooklyn as to their failure. Like, if they were good, James Harden might have played better. All right. Next question. I'm going to have to go back and edit and delete that in post-production. All right. So we talk about who we can blame or who should burden the blame. JT, can they fix it? And if so, mm. how? I don't think they can. I just think they can't because what was supposed to be the thing that got them over the hump and turned them into a dynasty is clearly broken. Like management doesn't believe in Kyrie and KD working together. Like they don't think it can work. So that's why there's all these rumors that KD hasn't talked to anybody at the net since the season ended and Kyrie did not commit it to him long-term and he's probably going to opt out and become a free agent. So I think management knows it didn't work with those two. So if you don't have KD, you don't have Kyrie, like, how can it work? Like, how do you fix that? And then I know people might want to say, like, oh, they got Ben Simmons. Like, good luck. Ask 76ers fans how that'll work. Like, Ben Simmons is too unreliable. And you, you're placing too much hope, and they'll just miraculously work as a big three. Like, I don't see how it works. But there's no way that you can fix this to the level of it's going to meet the expectations of when Harden – KD and Kyrie are all there and everybody had these grand expectations and then winning a title. Like there's no way you can get back to that. Well, I think anytime you have a guy like KD, who's probably a top 10 player of all time, I actually, I think he is. I have him in my top 10 that anything can be fixed. Like things can be fixed when you have a healthy KD. And I still don't think they're far off. I mean, I do believe they, they have to gamble with Ben Simmons. So you got to presume He's going to come back. He has the whole offseason to get ready with the team. He's going to come back. They need his defense. They need his playmaking ability. But then you've also got guys like Joe Harris that will come back that can shoot. All right. And listen, Kyrie, with Kyrie, the situation with Kyrie, it's going to go one of two ways. Either he opts into the contract and he plays. So now you have your big three plus Joe Harris coming back, plus some other guys that started to contribute at the end of the year. Or 
you trade Kyrie and in return you get draft picks but more importantly you get that big guy in the middle or a couple guys that can that can defend the rim and another veteran shooter and again with KD and a got to presume Ben Simmons is healthy that they can make it work so I don't think they're that far off especially when you got a guy like KD if KD and Kyrie not there it's not gonna work well like it's over KD's gonna be there I don't think KD can do it by himself but I just told you that he doesn't need to because they're going to have all these other. Yeah, because they'll go get Jared Allen, whatever. What's you, don't, next? you don't listen. All right. Yeah, listen, I don't listen they regret trading Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. Don't tell me they don't. Boy, go right? to the next question. So you can't answer these questions. So I don't even know why you, you're so excited to get to the next question. All right. So was this Kyrie's last chance at a ring and being considered a top two option on a big three? Funny thing, if you were to ask me this question, two weeks ago or a week ago even, I probably would have said, yeah. But I'm going to say no. It's because I feel, one, the interest in Kyrie behind the scenes and the rumors around the league I feel is legit. But also, you look at the way people look at Kyrie around the league, the issues with him have nothing to do with his level of play. Like, everyone thinks he's still healthy. They think he's still, like, a top 10 player at work. At, at worst. I feel like he's probably top six or seven, like, if he plays the whole year. And you just look at the landscape of the NBA is going to change. Like, there's going to be less restrictions on COVID. So he's going to be likely a full-time player wherever he lands. So I think the biggest hesitant that teams have were like, okay, like if we get Kyrie because he's unvaccinated, can we get a full season of games out of him? Now you probably are. So now I think he's going to have endless amount of suitors, which is why I think he's going to opt out of his contract in Brooklyn. Like Kyrie can still play. It's not like People think it's like an Anthony Davis where it's like, well, yeah, we don't know if he's still good because he's always hurt. Like, that's not the knock on him. It's, look, can we just get him to play? Like, mentally, can we get him to play? Like, you know, policy-wise, can we get him to play? And I think if you can answer that yes, yes, and yes, yeah, I think he does have an opportunity to be a part of a big three somewhere else. Yeah, I don't think this was his last chance at a ring, and I don't think this was – his last chance at being considered a number two option. I mean, teams are always going to take chances on a guy. I mean, look at James Harden, right? Like he gets out look of jail, he quits. <laughs> I mean, the guys that are these this talented always get a chance because teams, coaches, general managers always think that they can fix a guy, like fix a player or get them to come into the system and kind of fit in. So He's always going to be at least a number two. If you ask me a number one option, I'd say no, probably not anymore. But number two option for sure. Um, So that's whether it's with the Nets or somewhere else. Now, the question before we move on, because recently about in the last 24 hours, there's word that the Nets and Kyrie have kind of negotiations have stalled. They've kind of come at an impasse in terms of his future with the Brooklyn Nets. So JT, real quick, he needs to opt in by June 29th on his player option of $37 million, right? So is he a Brooklyn Net next to start next season? No, because I think he can get more on the open market. I'm going to say no, but I think what happens is he opts in and then he is traded to the Clippers for Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson in a first round pick. That's a really specific list you got there. Like, did you put a bet in Vegas or something? You got a booking. Like, it goes why back. Are you saying, it goes like, back. You got the whole trade package it, already like laid out. Like, there's something very suspicious about that. That shit is sneaky. 
I have intel, but it goes back to how you fix the team. That is how you fix the team. Ben Simmons comes back. Now you bring in a guy like a Norman Powell. You've got Marcus Morris underneath, Reggie Jackson, another ball handler, and a first-rounder in the future. Championship. The, the Man, next I can see it championship. now. Championship, absolutely. And, and all they got to oh, do is get Jared it, Allen, and it'll, it'll, it, it'll be the most unstoppable team ever. You're right. And they've got this guy named Kevin Durant still. So, oh, Why don't I listen to you? So, obviously, we got to talk I'm always about right. Always right. Obviously, got to talk about the NBA Finals. So, before we go into this, I forgot. What was your – I know you said it would go seven, right? Yep. All right, so close. what was your prediction? It went six. I said Celtics in seven. It went six. But you went Warriors no, no, I, with I, a I, sweep. I know mine was bad. I was bold with mine. I, I was off. You at least, you at least got in. the – you got the team right. You got the team yeah, right. The team. Hey, I, look, I was just going all in. I said – I thought the Warriors – I thought the Warriors were just too much for them. It turned out that's the case. But honestly – Golden State let them off the hook in the first game, so we'll we'll talk about the rest of this. But main thing is Warriors, what fourth title in eight years? Congratulations! So we're, you know we're going to talk about everything's about dynasty. So where do you rank the Warriors dynasty amongst like the all-time great NBA dynasties? Man, this specific dynasty in the NBA history, man, I've got them now at number two, only behind the Lakers of the '80s. The Lakers, so you talk about four and eight years, that's pretty good because they're still going, JT. They're still going. And the Lakers of the 80s, five and nine years, two out of three against the Celtics of the 80s, they made nine finals appearances in 12 years. I don't care who you are in the 80s, even into that 91 season. I mean, that dynasty spanned three decades of some really good teams in there, the Pistons, the 76ers, the Celtics, the Houston Rockets. So I've got Lakers number one, Warriors are number two, because just look at the other teams. I mean, winning four and eight years with essentially the same core guys, different pieces. And I mean, JT, in that run, the year they lost to LeBron, think about it. They'd have They'd have, what, five in eight years if it wasn't for LeBron and Kyrie Irving hitting a crazy shot over Steph in game seven. I mean, it took LeBron in like a Superman hero performance for seven games to beat the Warriors. And this is LeBron. So the Warriors have had to beat some really good teams, in particular LeBron. I mean, they've had to go through Superman to win their titles. and. They had, what, 73 wins, and they didn't win the title because of LeBron. I mean, they've had such a great stretch of dominance that people, you know, people didn't tune in to watch San Antonio. They didn't tune in to the Celtics in the 50s and 60s. They tuned in to watch the Warriors in the Splash Brothers. You didn't Brothers. say they didn't tune in to the Celtics in the 50s and 60s? They did not. They did not. <laughs> why not? Whether, whether, why, why weren't they tuning in to the 50s Figure it out. Figure it out. You're a bright you guy. Lie, so tell me why. They, Figure it out. You're a Why bright. Why were you tuning in in the 50s and 60s to watch the Celtics? You're a bright guy. Figure it out. And listen. You didn't have Bulls, a TV that far. Everyone wants to talk about the Bulls of the 90s. But my critique of the Bulls of the 90s, you forget that they lost five or six straight years at the end of the 80s into 1990. But no one wants to talk about that. No. But they'll talk about how the Warriors lost to Toronto. Well, they didn't have Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant. Like, Everyone wants to picture the Bulls and Michael Jordan as perfect. They weren't. Sorry, people, they weren't. He came back and they lost to Shaq and Penny Hardaway. If Shaq and Penny Hardaway stay together, the Bulls don't win those final three at the end. I don't care what you say because they would not have been able to defend Shaq. 
And I know people say, well, the what if game. All right. Well, the Warriors still won four and eight years and they're still building on it. And let me tell you something. Not only do they have James Wiseman coming back, but they may not be done trying to wheel and deal to bring on other guys. So I've got them number two because they may have the greatest team of all time when Kevin Durant came that first year, maybe even that second year. But their titles, I mean, to go through LeBron, to me, is, is amazing. Whew. I guess we know who wrote these questions. So you, you I, did because they're all drama filled. No, no, I didn't. I didn't do this whole segment. This is all you. This got your fingerprints written all over it. I can tell because they're old and they got dust on it. Perfection. But, Perfection. Yeah, no. Whatever you say. I hate questions like this because I feel like the warrior story is it's not over yet. So it's unfair to like rank them among. You come up with these questions. You, you come up with question. them. Not me. You did. Uh, you're going to lie so, to the Honestly, listeners. the highest I can rank them now because they're not done. That's not saying it can't change by the time they finish is I got them number four. So I got them. Obviously, I got the 90s Bulls first. I mean, six for six. Two three peats. I mean, that's you, pretty insane. You buy, you buy into the hype. No. You buy, you buy. You know, into you the know hype. how I feel about Michael Jordan. That's I got hype. the Showtime Lakers at number two, uh, five and eight trips, and then the fifties and sixties Celtics. I mean, what eleven and twelve trips, eight in a row, and they were playing against guys like Will Oscar Robinson, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. So then, why aren't they first? Story. Why aren't they first over the Bulls? Then that list makes no like, sense based on your because criteria. I, because I feel like, I, well, first of all, there were less teams back then, okay. less competition, fair, and I fair just feel point. like the Bulls. The way they did it, it was just – I feel like nobody in the league had a chance to beat them at any point during that run. I just i just felt like that. They went – they got pushed to six games in, like, four of those series. Yeah, but it just never felt close. Like, I I really feel – They the were worried about be, those Utah Jazz games. That yeah, they a, were about Carmelo and John Stockton, clearly. I just they, feel like – were. By the time it's done, I feel like the Warriors could be number one, but I got to put them at fourth just strictly because it's not done. Like, what they've done is impressive. I will say this. If we're talking about degree of difficulty as far as dynasties, whether they're finished or not, I think they're number one in that because I've never seen a dynasty where they're at the top and they go rock bottom because of injuries and then they catapult right back up in, like, less than three, less than three years. Like, they were the worst team in the league at one point. Now, because of injuries, was, though. Yeah, of because injuries. of injuries, but, like, what dynasty have you seen where, like, the core is dominant, they all get hurt, and then they just come back after the injuries and they're just as dominant as they were before? Like, that's why I think they have a chance to be number one when this is all done because I do think they'll win more. I do think they'll continue to get better. They got more depth, like you said. Wiseman coming back. Jordan Poole's a factor. You know, they're not done wheeling and dealing. Wiggins is a great, great fit there. So I do feel like they could easily be number one. But right now I can't, I can't put them any higher than four. Agree to disagree on that? Yeah, I mean, you're incorrect, but it's okay. All right, cool. So I guess I'll be incorrect about this next question because I know you wrote this shit. So with Golden State winning this title, does it help the case for the 2016-17 Golden State Warriors that they are the best team of all time? Man, you know, one of our listeners kind of posed this question to me, and I was like, hmm, that's a pretty good question. So I'll take credit for this question through a fan of ours because – all the other questions are JT questions, but, you know, I wasn't sold at first, but I've come around on it, especially with how this team won. I mean, if you go back to that team, right, they had the core of Curry, Clay, and Draymond, but then they added Kevin Durant on that team. I mean, forget about it. Like, what are we talking about at this point? you got Kevin Durant, a top 10 guy, Steph Curry, a top 10 guy. I mean, to me, 
I think they're the only teammates on my top 10 of all time. So they've got to be the, the best team of all time. That was coming off of a 73-win season, and I think they backed it up with 67 wins when KD came in, and they weren't even trying for the record at that point. So, I mean, I used to think it was the 87 Lakers, but you look back at that, and I just don't know. If Kareem was in his prime, I think it'd be there'd be no case. It'd be the 87 Lakers, but Kareem was not in his prime. So this Warriors team – or that team in 2016, 2017, they revolutionized the game. And you always talk about impact, how they revolutionized the game. They did because they had been doing it all along. And then a guy like KD comes in and, it, and it's over, right? Um, they they didn't even need – I mean, they just didn't even need like a, a big guy. They didn't need that. a center. They had the, uh, the but, lineup of death. <laughs> right, but that's the thing. Like, exactly. Like, they didn't, they didn't even need a center. So – I think people would argue and say, well, what about that 96 Bulls team? And what I would say is KD and MJ are a wash. Then you got to worry about Clay and Curry. Pippen can only guard one of those. So he's not, I don't know, if, even if he sticks with Curry, how do you stop Clay? Because Draymond and Dennis Rodman, again, wash each other out. And I think the depth of that Warriors team with Iguodala, and we forget, I think guys like David Lee were on that team. And, and you know that team, Sean Livingston, like, Sean Livingston is going to outplay Steve Kerr off the bench. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a 6'7 point guard. Yeah, I'm taking Sean Livingston. So you look at that, I think the only team that could possibly compete would have been the 2012-2013 uh, Heat team, your Heat team. But Dwayne Wade just wasn't was in it? his he prime. Wasn't he wasn't in his prime. If he was in his prime with Bosch and LeBron, I think I might have to go with that Heat team. But, but that 2016-2017 Warriors team – I think is the is the best individual NBA team of all time. It feels ridiculous to say this because you think about it and you're just like, yeah, that's so recent. So it, they can't be the greatest of all time. But I'm inclined to agree with you for a couple of reasons. One, I thought everything you said was correct. Rarely I say that. But <laughs> you've been saying it more often lately. I appreciate no, 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 no. You ain't got that on. I camera. think we're bonding. No, no. Don't make me cut the speed. But no, no, I think I think when you look at KD, Steph, and Clay, right? You got two of the best shooters probably of all time. They're at least in the top ten in Clay and Steph, right? And then you got the guy who is probably one of the best scoring chance of all time in KD. Like those three guys are in their prime, right? But here's the thing: I think people don't realize about that team that was really good. You know why they didn't need a center? Because they had guys that can play really good defense. People forget in his prime before he got hurt. Even now. Katie's a good defender. Like, he's a rim protector. Like, he's a really good defender. Clay, before he got hurt, really good defender. Elite. And then you got, elite. You, got Dr you got Draymond Green, elite defender. Maybe one of the top five defenders all time. So, and Iguodala is no slouch either. So, you got those guys out there, plus you got the scoring. Like, give me a team from any other era that has that combination where they legit have 10 of the best just pure scores, three of the 10 best pure scores of all time on that team on the court at all time. And – they can double as really good defenders. And then you got Draymond Green as a Swiss Army knife. Like, I think just on pure talent alone, like not even what they did, I think it's pure talent alone. Like, that is probably the team that I would start as, like, if I'm creating a best-of-all-time team, it would look something like that because that team could dominate probably in any era. Well, the Bulls fans would argue, well, what about Tony Kukoc, right? You got Pippen, Kukoc could, could go with Clay, Pippen on Curry. But I think... It's tough because it's different eras because Curry could yeah. 
Curry could shoot from almost half court. So I don't care how good Pippen is defensively. And, and Clay is more athletic than Kukoc. And that's no disrespect to Kukoc. He was a phenomenal NBA player, but the athleticism prior He's to the, near the level of those guys. So that's yeah, the point. prior to the injury, I'm going Clay Thompson and Clay Thompson's another elite defender. And I would go one step further than what you said, top 10 as far as those two shooters, Curry and Clay. I would argue maybe top five, those two guys somehow are top five. Yeah. Yeah. And KD's a top maybe six, just pure score all time. So you do those three guys, like it's impossible. So I agree with you on that. But speaking of KD, so that's perfect segue. So the big story that I feel like people should be talking about is Kevin Durant, if he would have stayed in Golden State, could essentially been a part of this title, but obviously he's in Brooklyn. So it got me thinking, I will take credit for this question. So who do you think? I thought I came up with this one, but whatever. No, I came up with this one. We might have came up with it together and just might have texted each other like different times about it, but I get credit because I texted you first. So who do you think has a bigger career regret? KD leaving the Warriors or LeBron leaving the Heat? I feel like you're too emotionally invested in this question. So my answer not, might shock you, but just, not, answer, just tell me what you think. Okay. I think it's KD, and there's multiple reasons for it. One, he hasn't won a title, JT. Like, he hasn't won one. LeBron, remember, goes to Cleveland and with the Lakers, wins titles. So he doesn't have that, you know, the the, the FOMO effect. He doesn't have that fear of missing out. KD does. He could have been on this team. He could have been a champ. So the Warriors win one without, one without him, and he hasn't even gotten close without the Warriors. There's now turmoil in Brooklyn. That's number two. So, like, everything's falling apart. And the Warriors, on top, are now favored to win next year. So can you imagine if they had KD? So KD has to be in his feelings. We always talk about how him and LeBron are very sensitive guys, and nothing's wrong with that. But when you're trying to be, you know, elite year in, year out, like, why are you worried about critics? But I've got to believe KD's in his feelings right now. And LeBron, like I mentioned, won two titles since he left. Miami has not won one. That's the other effect, right? Miami has not won one without LeBron. So for LeBron to go home, win one there, now he's in Hollywood. I think he's feeling pretty good about himself, and the Heat are still trying to find their way. They're not far off, but I've got to feel like KD much bigger of a regret. And I agree with you. And I feel... I do, I do agree with you because LeBron has won since he's left Miami. I feel like the titles he won in Cleveland and L.A. just are worth more. Like, KD could win a title and they're still not worth more than winning in Cleveland, especially, and then you're going to L.A. and win it. Like, I, just those two, those two cities, like, you, ju- you, just, you just can't put a price on those titles. That's just my opinion. But I will say this. I think it's KD because you're exactly right. He hasn't won anything outside of Golden State. And then also, too, everywhere else he's been has been absolute turmoil. Like the meltdown in OKC, like they basically started this Golden State craziness by letting them off the hook up three one when he was in OKC. And then in Brooklyn, he's supposed to be the leader. He's supposed to be the guy. Couldn't get it done. It's a mess. So I feel him leaving Golden State, sadly enough, is probably going to cost him getting into the top 10 of all time discussion. Like no matter what he does from here on out, because I don't see him winning a championship by himself as the guy or as the bus driver, as people say. But if he wins it with a, with a legitimate sidekick, they're always going to be like, yeah, this is the same thing you did in Golden State. You can't win without stars. And that's how people are going to look at it. Like LeBron leaving Miami allowed him to stay in the race 
that he was chasing with Jordan. Like KD leaving Golden State basically takes him out of the running to be a top 10 player all the time. Like, I don't agree with that, but I think that's how people will look at it. Like you couldn't win without a team that we're talking about as one of the greatest dynasties of all time. And you couldn't do anything without that system, without Curry, without Draymond, without Clay. Like that's going to be his legacy. Like you look at, you look at all the guys that he's chasing, like he's chasing greatness. Like what has KD done outside of that golden state run? Like everything about his legacy is failure. But I think one, everyone has a sidekick at some point. LeBron going back to Cleveland had Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Now he's got an Anthony Davis. Like, to me, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but, but you know what, though? I feel, I agree. It doesn't matter how they get but, there. I don't no, care that Scotty no, – the, the Bulls like, traded for Scotty Pippen. No one ever wants to bring that up. They bought Dennis Rodman, right? They bought bro, Dennis Rodman. Like, I agree with you. I agree that's a super you. team that was built agree, by trades and free agency. That's you, no different what? than what they're doing nowadays. I agree with you. But LeBron has got it done. Like, LeBron, like the team in L.A. was not that great. Like, be honest. I understand. It but wasn't. He got it done. Cleveland, say what you want. The JT, pressure to he win in Cleveland he doesn't win. With, he doesn't win without Kyrie. I, I, I think LeBron is – I've said this before. I think he's the greatest player of all time. But he doesn't win that without Kyrie. But he's also done it. He's done it in multiple places. Like, eight finals trips in nine years, and he won four. Like, that's crazy. Like, KD will never have a stretch like that. So that – so the fact that he has done that, that's how you know KD has more regret. And I'll leave it at that. So my other point, because you brought up something. One, I, I don't like how people say that title in Cleveland's more than the ones in Miami. Like, what does that even mean? Every it's title, Cleveland, man. Every, yeah, I, I feel like it is. Nah, it is. every every title is equal to because me. You hate it, Cleveland. It, it doesn't you're, matter. You're from Pittsburgh. A title, like, why would you think anything in Cleveland is valuable? But no, a title is a title is what I'm saying. LeBron winning those two in Miami are just as important as the one in Cleveland and LA. I didn't say they weren't, obviously. But a lot of people think that. And you're saying a lot of people say that that one is greater than the two in Miami. Well, the How? ones in Miami two is always greater than one. Because they 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 got there is first. But I, all I'm saying is all titles to me are created equal. Now nah, if, no, they're the, not. The other thing is. So let me ask you a question. Does this so 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 is it so is the title with the Yankees the same as the title with the Pirates? As a fan, I'm gonna say, of course, to the Pirates, because I'm a fan, I enjoy the Pirates winning more than any other team. What kind of question is that? I, I, you can't answer that question. No, because it's 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 traditionally easier to win in some places than others. Cleveland being one of the places is harder to traditionally right. win, whereas Miami, maybe not as not as easy, but it's not as impressive as Cleveland, the but, Lakers. They expect but, that. Like they're going to. But surround. let me ask you this: the the real question would be, if the Pirates win next year, is that a greater World Series than the nineteen seventy nine or the seventy one? They came from behind, three games to one. Oh, you're like, missing the point. No, you're you're, point. you're not phrasing the question right. You're trying to prove your point, and I'm and I'm basically shooting it down. The question is though, you ain't even got no guns. Does LeBron regret it more because? Does that hurt his status as number one overall? Had he stayed in Miami and just won, you no. know, gone to eight straight no, and won I, I six think, of them? I think the fact – I think it's oddly worked out in his favor that he keep everywhere he goes, he keeps winning. I think that's something that's really unique, and it's kind of working out. But the thing is, like we always talk about, him being number one is going to have to be a personal choice because the gatekeepers will never let anybody be better than Jordan. Like Kareem won't even be better than Jordan because the gatekeepers won't allow it. So I'll just leave it at that. All right, let's let's leave it at that. So now that the season is um, is is over, let's look toward the 
NBA offseason. All right, JT loves doing this, predicting stuff. So first question, who is the biggest fish out there this offseason? I think it's Kyrie Irving if he doesn't opt in. And I just, like I said before, all the negative views about him have nothing to do with his play, have nothing to do with how people perceive his talent level. It's all about mental state and can we get him to be committed for a full season? And I'm telling you right now, if the NBA has no COVID restrictions and Kyrie is a full-time player, his value as a free agent goes through the roof because people feel that he is a viable number two to a championship team. That's the low hanging fruit, as you always tell me. The real answer would be because you just went through how, you know, he can't be trusted and this and that. So the real answer is Zach Levine. I believe he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And he had surgery in May to address the knee injury. And from all the reports and all accounts, they're saying that this is not going to be a long term injury. And JT, the dude's only 27 now, two time all star. I think he's showing at minimum he's at least the second best option on a team. Could he maybe be that number one the way Tatum is trying? I don't know. We'll see because he's only 27 and he's getting better and getting healthier. So I think that's the biggest fish at this point because Kyrie's getting on the back the back end of his career with the injuries. I mean, Kyrie's still phenomenal. Like, if he could play every game and be out there, he's obviously the biggest guy you want to go get. But I think it might be Zach Levine nowadays. So, who is the one player that everyone should be trying to sign or trade for? So I went with who is the player that everyone should be trying to trade for. And to me, I don't even think it's close. It's Zion Williamson. And I think it should be Zion because, one, his upside, theoretically, is still immense. And you know that the upside is still viable because the Pelicans are rumored to be willing to sign him to a long contract extension, even though his career so far has just been nothing but injury. So the talent plus the Pelicans willing to lock him up already, despite, you know, diminishing returns so far, that lets me know how people around Lee's circles feel about him. So if I had the ammo to go get somebody, I would go get Zion. The only thing I like that answer the only thing I would be concerned about is how much you got to give up for him, because yeah. I think it's, it's going to take it's going to take more than what they gave up Anthony Davis for, in my opinion. It depends. It, it depends. Even though he's he may not be worthy of it, it's that ceiling. And listen, New it's Orleans, the name. It's, the, it's the brand, but they can't mess it up again, right? They can't yeah. mess it up. This is now two great franchise changing players that they, have come they, through, and like, they, it, like, like they created it, this two in a lab. But and I, they're I out. honestly do. I do think. It's sneaky, and I don't. I feel like the fact that people aren't talking about it lets me know that it's, NBA GMs it's are possible. monitoring that situation yeah. very closely. Yeah. Like first thing, the first thing the Pelicans did was come out and say, "Like, oh, we're comfortable signing him long term." I'm like, wait a minute, he just wanted to leave like all last season. You guys are still willing to pay him. That lets me know one, the interest around the league behind the scenes is high, and he's probably healed very well from his injuries. And they've seen enough to say, like, all right, we're comfortable with him reaching his potential going forward. Yeah, you would think they know they know the most about his health outside of Zion and the doctors. But I've got obviously I said the biggest fish was Zach Levine. So he's got to be the guy everyone's trying to go sign. But this is kind of my sneaky pick here, JT, that if I'm a team and I'm looking around, I'm saying, all right, we can't go after the real top top guns. The guy I'm going after is Jalen Brunson. All right. 
He averaged 16.3 points a game, almost five assists a game. His slash line, as they call it, 50% from the field, I think 37 from three-point, which isn't great, 84 from the free-throw line. But in the playoffs, JT, he averaged over 21.5 points per game, and he thrived as Dallas did with or without Doncic. So Brunson showed he can play with a great player in Doncic, or if need be, he can elevate a team and elevate his play. And listen, he's a guy, like I said, if you can't go get the big fish, but you're close, maybe Brooklyn Nets, that maybe Miami Heat, go get a Jalen Brunson because I believe he can put you over the top. If you already have those superstar pieces there, he can he can put you over the top. He's a nice piece to add. Hmm, interesting. So I could give you that because I feel like you've been a Brunson fan for a while. I think fantasy has done that for people. But I think he legit – you're right. He legit showed up this year. I don't know how much I, – I definitely think he's he's unrestricted, right? Uh, I believe so. That's a good question. He 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 could be restricted. I, 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 I just think if he's unrestricted, you're going to overpay for somebody that I'm not – I don't want to overpay for – a stopgap piece, but like, but see, but oh, whoa, 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 he's not a stopgap. No, no, what I, maybe I'm using the wrong word, but I don't want to pay for somebody that is built. His best value is to be added to a team that's a player away, but he's not somebody that I can rely on. Rely on if those mm. bigger options go down on my team once I get them. But JT is no different than a Kyle Lowry. It, it, you gotta, you gotta admit what the reality. Oh, if we would have had Jalen Brunson instead of Kyle Lowry, I think no, it would have been no, better. No, but what but I'm saying is, Kyle, you're exactly right. I don't want to be in that situation. But, but, but no, the difference is you gotta face the reality of the market. Guys like Jalen Brunson aren't getting oh, you're gonna 20. Get paid. Yeah, you're getting 20 to 25 million. So wouldn't you rather have someone like that than you know an inconsistent guy like a Duncan Robinson at this point right. on the cheap, right? Oh, I get a sneaky you, pick. You 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 pay for what you you know you get what you pay for. Pick. I'll give I'll give it to you. So will there? We've kind of hinted at a lot of stuff. Will there be a blockbuster trade this offseason? If so, what is it? Talk about not going with low hanging fruit. I already think the big trade happened. It was Christian Wood getting moved to the Mavericks. That's, like, that's your guy. I want to put Christian Wood in some of these answers if the deal didn't already get done. So I won't use him. But it's got to be the 76ers making a trade for Bradley Beal. Like that's got to be the biggest blockbuster move because you got to find a way to effectively bring in a guy while knowing that James Harden is going to opt in and he's declining and you're not getting the James Harden that you thought you were going to get. Forty-seven million, JT. How are they going to afford Bradley Beal? That's a lot of money that's got to go to Washington. Tobias, you might have to give up Maxi, but if you're Philly, it's not really about the money. It's about we cannot waste Joel Embiid's prime, but we also cannot waste it while he's looking like he can play a majority of the games during the season because that was almost unheard of before. So Joel yeah. Embiid coming off, he's, he's stepping into MVP mode. Like, we're going to get some MVP-type years out of him. How can we capitalize on that? you got to go get a Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal is a top-12 player, like, when he's healthy. So if there is going to be a blockbuster trade or whatever, that's got to be the blockbuster move. The 76ers got to go get Bradley Beal and find a way to make it work where they have him, Harden, and Embiid. But the difference is they've got to be able to move that money back to Washington. And that's my question. I don't know if Tyrese Maxey is making enough money. Maybe Tobias, maybe they have someone else that is on the higher end of the payroll. But I think money-wise, I'd be interested. Obviously, that'd be such a block. That would definitely well, call be your capologist and see what he said. <laughs> so I've hinted to this earlier. 
I think it's going to be Kyrie to the Clippers. He opts in. He does the, the Brooklyn Nets a favor. They now can do a sign and trade. Get He gets his long-term deal with the Clippers. Clippers send back all those guys, make the money work, and a first-round draft pick, like I said, is going to be Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, um, and Reggie Jackson. Look out for this one, though. The Heat are always buzzing, so don't don't exclude don't, them. Don't. Don't jinx us, man. Don't I, exclude them, Pat Riley. To, I don't want that move to happen because I'm not a big I'm not a big believer of the the ceiling of that particular player. No, I'm not even. I don't think Donovan Mitchell's going anywhere. I think it. I'm just saying, look out for the Heat in general. But I think the other big deal will be Ru- Rudy Gobert to maybe either Chicago or Dallas. Yeah, I think yeah. Gobert is on his way to Chicago. Like that's been the rumor all yeah. along. So it'll be what happens to you got Vooch though. Uh, exactly. I don't know. Maybe he goes back in the deal with 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 a bunch of draft picks. I mean, listen, Vucevic isn't it, quite go bare fit with yeah. Donovan Mitchell. I, I was going to say, like, that's still not a bad piece to have if they can get something else in return or some draft picks. You bring up a good I think point. That makes it better because they got some really good centers behind Gobert that can really fill that role. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good move. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the young guys. Um so your team is on the clock, bro. Like, oh, man. There's no way around it. So we're going to get straight to it. NBA draft this Thursday. I'm excited for one. You prayed for this. You prayed <laughs> for this, I feel like, for a decade. <laughs> Ever since we traded Dwight. Seriously, the Stars have a line. Orlando Magic have the number one overall pick. So all is well. That's Don's team for you guys that don't know. Like, I don't know how he likes the Orlando Magic. I think it's because of Shaq and Penny and those guys. But. He loves the Orlando Magic, so he loves pain. I stuck with them, man. I yeah. stuck with them. That's a true fan, Orlando. So the question that's on my mind, and it's probably on everybody's mind across the country, will the Orlando Magic blow this pick? Uh, man, I want to say no, because you look at the history, JT, when they've had the number one overall pick three times, they've hit on it, man. Shaq, then the penny trade, right? They draft Weber, penny trade. And then Dwight, like they historically are 100 percent three for three. So historically tells us, no, listen, please don't fail me, because you look at all of their mistakes over the years. And I complain, I text you every time they make a mistake. Right. Tobias Harris. How could you trade Tobias Harris? Right. The whole not building quite around Vucevic. Then you draft Jonathan Isaac. And Mobamba, pretty much the same player. Give me some offense, guys. Give me. Then you trade Oladipo and Sabonis. Those guys end up being all stars, like franchise pieces for Indiana prior to Oladipo's injury. So they've been crushing me because they traded for Ibaka, who used them for a year to jump to Toronto. I mean, didn't they, been, didn't they also sign Biombo after uh, like a playoff run? After two horrible. good playoff games with yeah. Charlotte. Thanks for reminding me. I tried to put that out of my my mind. But listen, of course, and I'm going to tell you why eventually here when you ask the next question. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They I, will. I, don't, I don't want you to go into the player. I just no, no, want no. You to, I, I just want you to tell I know. me, will they blow this pick or not? Will so, they pick the right person? With, with all of that said, I'll get to why, but yes, they will blow the pick. Okay, perfect. And I agree with you. And I think it's because they can't blow this pick. One, it's impossible. One, because the draft is not that great. So I think they'll get a – They'll get a break if they take the wrong player, per se. And then I think all the pressure is on them to take Chet, which is probably the right move. So you have media pressure to take a specific player who should be the number one player. And then also, he, like, 
the, the guys at the top are so even, to be honest with you. Like, Chet might be a little bit better, but I just think it's, 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 it's in a way, it's not a Dwight Howard-level talent, but it's almost like it's Dwight Howard by association, if that makes sense. Like, just just pick somebody. They're, they're, they're going to be all be decent guys. And it's like, I don't see – it's not like, oh, if they don't pick Chet at number one, like the next guy's turning to Luka Doncic. Like, I don't see that type of scenario. So I don't think the pressure on them to get it right is as high as it could have been in other drafts. So that's why I don't think they'll blow the pick. Oh, I, I think they will blow the pick. I said All they right. will. Oh, I you said will. They will. Okay. They will. And right, I'm so, gonna get the, I'm gonna get the why. Okay, so so you think they're gonna blow the pick, which means you think they're gonna take the wrong player. Yes. So if correct. they're gonna take the wrong player, who do you think is the best fit for them? So listen, the best fit for them is Chet. There's no doubt in my opinion. Like Jabari Smith. He's not his own playmaker. And while he's a good three-point shooter, I think that Chet being JT, this is the new age of basketball, seven-footer with range who can shoot really well. And, oh, by the way, what the Magic always preach with all these other guys they drafted, the dude can play defense. A lot of people are going to say, well, his size, he's too skinny. Forget all that. I heard the same stuff about Tracy McGrady. I heard the same stuff about Kevin Durant. Guess what? Didn't matter because if you can score and you can at least rim protect, you're going to have a spot in the NBA. This is the guy. They've got to go. Listen, another guy, right? Dirk. A lot of people thought Dirk is too soft. He wouldn't be able to handle the contact. He won't be able to play defense. I don't know, JT. The guy won a title, top 75 player of all time, and I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, I mean, what's that got to do with anything in terms of the guy's too skinny, not physical enough? Like, hey, the guy can score, he's got height, and he's got good enough ball skills, and he actually is a rim protector. So to me, Orlando's always built around seven-footers, right? We talked about Shaq, we talk about Dwight, and now it's Chet. It's Chet. Don't pass on him, but this is what's going to happen, JT. They're going to go with Jabari Smith. So that is why they blow the pick. All right. I agree with you. I think Chet is the easiest, easily the best fit. And you just look at all the things that he's really good at. One, I think he's the best defender in the whole draft. Like, he's great on pick and roll defense on the perimeter. I do think he can, he's a great scorer. He's the best rim protector by far. I think he was averaging someone like close to four blocks. Like, that's crazy. And I think, like you say, he's a great fit with today's game. Like, he can play on the perimeter. He can play inside. He can score. And then here's the other thing I look at. He's been talked about as a great player since he was like, what, like 13, 14 years old? Like, he hasn't really disappointed. So usually when guys get that kind of hype at a young age and they just keep, you know, playing well at every level and living up to expectations, chances are they're going to be good in the NBA. And as I agree with you about the size. I don't think it's an issue. One, NBA weight room, NBA strength program, they're going to get them together. And it's not like he was getting bullied in college. You're acting like he was getting pushed over and guys are just bulldozing him on the way to the rim. Like, that's, that's not the what way- happened. That's the way people are looking at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I look at this. The reason I'll lastly say is why he's the best fit for the Magic is I think he's a really good fit with Wendell Carter Jr. Because they both do similar things. And I think they can interchange between the four and the five. Like Wendell, great post. He's good post player. Got a lot better this year when they focused around him. And he can also shoot threes. And he's also a really good defender and rebounder. So if him and Chet get together, they got similar skill sets. I feel like 
that's a they're basically gonna get what they thought they were gonna get out of Obama. Like they're gonna have twin towers, but except these two guys are good on offense, good defenders, and they're versatile. Like they yeah. can play the four or the five. So this this is more of a perfect pick now than I thought it was two weeks ago. And I'm just like, this makes so much sense. Like he for sure is the best fit for them for talent reasons and also the way their team's currently constructed. So I don't see any way how they can blow this because all the pressure is on them to take Chet, but you don't have faith in them. You think it's going to be Jabari, which I think is going to be a mistake. I think it's going to be Jabari. You look at all the reports, it's Jabari, JT, and that's why they're going to blow it. And, you know, that's not a knock on Jabari, but if I'm taking number one overall, and I've always said this, the the player has to be either a generational player. It's talent or Yeah, or – or he's got to be franchise changing. Jabari Smith would be a great piece, but he's never going to be franchise changing where Chet, maybe he flops, but if he doesn't, he's going to be franchise changing. I'd rather have you take the risk and fail than go with the easy pick and continue to be a seven, eight seed and then be out of the playoffs in five years again. So, so we both agree as Chet. So with that being said, who is the player that you think has the best chance to be a top 10 player within five years? So we're looking at like a Luka Doncic type rise, like immediately when they come into the league. I think it's uh, Jaden Ivey. Yeah, I agree. Even though I don't think anybody, nobody gives me top 10 vibes like right away out of the gate. Like, I don't think this is that type of draft. I think it's a feel a positional need draft and then we can develop them to maybe be good in a few years. But I had Jaden Ivey, I think just because he's the closest to like a, Tyrese Halliburton skill set and I think that skill set will probably get him noticed a little bit earlier and I think it's translatable where like Chet I think has the highest ceiling but he'll probably have to work he'll, he'll take time yeah he'll take a yeah. little bit of time. but Dwight Howard did too that's what people forget like Dwight Howard may have been the consensus number one but there was a lot of risk there JT remember he was one of the last ones that come out of high school he was wrong and in back then as far as centers you always worried like you know, this guy has a lot of stuff to work on. You just never know what the type of player you may can he, end up Can he get it done in time? Exactly. All right, cool. So we're going to end that, this segment with, all right, everyone wants to know who do we have going in the top five. So let's just do a real quick mock draft. So uh, let's go back and forth, one through five. So who you got, number one? I, I think I know who this is. Yeah, I, it, I, I'm not doing it based on what I would do. I'm doing it based on how I think it's going to go. And I think Jabari Smith, number one. All right, I disagree. I think the Magic are going to do the right thing and take Chet. All right, we're number the, two. We're the Magic, bro. We haven't been the real hey, Magic look, man, in They, they got to show me something one time at some point. I think this is the time. <laughs> uh, then OKC, I think you two, got him taking. OK, City's going to make the right move, Chet. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jabari just because I think he's a good scorer and a great shooter, and I think it fits well with what OKC needs, especially with guys like Shea and Giddy who aren't really shooters. You get Jabari in there, I think that's a good fit. All right, so the Rockets at number three. Paulo Benchero. Yeah, Paulo. I actually, I actually think if if Paulo slips to three, I think that's a great like consolation prize for the Rockets because they just trade Christian Wood. So you pair mm-hmm. Paulo with a guy like Alperin Shangun. I like those two together as a young core. So but let me I think Paulo's he's solid score, good let, passer. Let I think ask, that's a good pick at number three. But let me ask you this, JT. Over the years, you look at similar guys, Jabari Parker. You look at other guys that have come out Injuries. of the, the Dukes, but it doesn't matter. Like you look at other guys that have come out of the Duke system, like a Cam, Jason Tatum. Cam Reddish, but Tatum is now starting to come into his own. I, I just, I just worry that 
for whatever reason it's been, you know, we do, do guys never turn into the superstars you think? Exactly. So if he's taken in the top 15, great. Top three? I just yeah. don't know if he's a top – at the end of the day, I don't know if he's a top three worthy guy when his career's said and I done. I feel like the tools are there, but we'll see. I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but I think he's a good pick. All right, so the Kings at number four, who you have them taking? I think we probably got the same guy. Yeah, Jaden Ivey. Yeah, Jaden Ivey. All right, and then uh, interesting. This is where the draft could kind of go any, any right. which away. So the Pistons at number five. I've got Benedict Matherin from uh, Arizona. I think they right, need, I, I think they need a guy to compliment Cade to be able to handle the ball or come off of screens to free up Cade, like if Cade's ball dominant. So I do think this pick is gonna be how can we capitalize this pick to put somebody in the best position to be next to Cade? I'm gonna go with the wild card here. I think it's gonna be Shaden Sharp. And I know there's a whole bunch of mystery around him because nobody's seen him play at Kentucky, really. So <laughs> you're basically going off all the high school hype, all the high school tape, but He's a lottery pick for a reason. You know, the hype is there. And I look at it the same way with the James Wiseman situation. Like, he was going to be a number one pick whether he played in college or not. And, like, he didn't really play at Memphis. And he people still think that he showed enough in the NBA to be good. So I'm not really worried about him not playing because if you have the talent in the NBA, it'll be there. But I think he is the highest upside pick you can get at number five, putting him next to Cade. And he's probably the biggest sleeper of the draft as well, because he could go five, heck he could go four or he could go top 12. You know what I mean? So like he's the biggest sleeper in terms of not only where he could go, but at the end of the day, he may end up being the best player in this draft. We don't know. Yeah. All right. So JT, since it's the end of the basketball season, I got to get in one last trivia time of NBA stuff. All right. So, Oh we, man, you had me do all this research for boxing, and we're not going to talk about it. We'll save, we'll save it for another time. We'll save it oh, for that, another oh, time. I was really ready to talk about some boxing. You really threw me for a loop. We'll I can't trust you now. We'll save it for another time. Keep the, keep those research notes. All right. Plus, they might change in the next month. All right. So nah, my top my top five is pretty pretty solidified. Steph Curry has thirty eight career games with at least nine made three pointers in a game. I don't think I've asked this question yet. The next closest is nine games, right? Curry's got 38. The next two have nine games. Who are the two players with nine games of at least nine made three-pointers in a game? Oh, I feel like the tricky answer would say Ray Allen because he's up there as a shooter. But I feel like he's not even I just, close. I just he's don't see him close. doing that with the era that he played. He's not even close. Is it Clay Thompson? I feel like that's the only other person that could do that. <laughs> no, no. I think he's up there, but he's not at nine. So I'll give you a hint. Current players. Both are current yeah, players. Clearly current players. They're the only ones that would have a green light <laughs> well, to do that. Someone could have retired in the Bro, nobody was playing in the early 90s and jacked up nine threes. No, no, no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is they could have retired just within the last couple of years, you know. But hmm. these are current players, all stars. You would expect their names to be on this list. I'll give you five seconds because we can't wait. Trey Young? Trey Young, no. No, too early in his career. Let me get one more chance. All right. I'm just trying to say, who would take a bunch of threes? Four, Everybody would do that. Three. Don't say Damian Lillard or anything like that. That's one of them. That's Good one of call. them. All Good right. Call. I'm just thinking, who are, who are the chuckers? I mean, this other one should be Devin obvious. Booker would be up there as a chucker, but I don't this, think it's him. This other one should be obvious. I thought you'd get him first. Five, four, 
three, two, one. I'm out. We have liftoff. Houston Rockets, James Harden. James Harden. Oh, damn. See, it's been so long. I forgot he played in Houston. Like, I don't even remember what James Harden did in Houston. It's been so long. I just think of overweight James Harden. All right. This guy holds the NBA record for the most four-point plays. That's a trick question, too, because it would be Steph Curry would be the guy that I would say because he's like the king it's of the four-point plays. Yeah, it's not him. It's not him. But I feel like it could be James Harden too, because he lived off. Of it's him. not him. That's it's a good. Him. That's a good guess, but no. <laughs> the most four point plays. I, I think this guy may have just retired. Actually, I think. Don't say like Vince Carter or something. No, no, you're uh, getting closer though. You're getting closer. It's got to be somebody who who takes a lot of threes and uses it to get to the free throw line. Harden and Steph, they got to be up there. So that's all I was thinking of them. Um, the most four points. Uh, this is my hint. This is my hint. One of the better sixth men in the game recently, or maybe all time, but recently for sure. Five, four, three, two. Ginobili? No, Jamal Crawford. Oh, damn. I forgot about Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Shout out to him, a beast. <laughs> um, I don't think I asked this one before. If I did, I apologize. But last one. Who is the only player in NBA history to have a 20-point, 15-rebound, 15-assist game in the playoffs? Sound like some shit that Wilt would do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the 15 assists. 2015-15, Magic Johnson? No. Want to take another guess? Um, 2015-15. I will kick myself if it's Draymond Green or something like that. <laughs> Man, the disrespect for this guy. It's LeBron, oh, it's LeBron James. LeBron. It's LeBron, LeBron James. LeBron. It's, not Michael, it's not Michael Jordan. It's not Michael Jordan. It's LeBron James. LeBron you said it too late. Get yeah, out of here. Get out of here. You said it too late. You said it too late. Listen, it's LeBron James, not Michael Jordan. All right. So, JT, great way to end the NBA season. I'm sure we'll talk more about free agency coming up because we've got the draft. So who knows what can happen there with maybe trades. And then we've got free agency beginning of July. So we'll we'll keep the NBA in the loop in the summer. The NBA does a great job of staying relevant throughout the summer because of free agency sure. and trades. So they do a great job with that, maybe more so than any other sport during the offseason. Of course, there's football. But so – We'll be focused on that. We've got boxing coming up, some good bouts in July, August, September. All right. And then, of course, training that camp. Boy just putting our whole summer schedule Tra out there. So training camp, training camp in a month. Football's around the corner. That's the biggest smile I've seen JT have since we hired Mario Cristobal several months ago back in December. So, you know, he's excited about football. Hope you guys are as well. We'll keep trying to do our best for you guys. And thank you, as always for listening to us and remember to please subscribe to us jt and the don all sports podcast we can be found on apple podcast google podcast and spotify and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts remember if you like what we do leave us a five-star review and jt if you don't like what we do leave us a five-star review remember to follow us on social media our handle jt and the don we can be found on instagram tiktok twitter and Facebook. So JT, fun episode. Great job. Pretty sure I won again. Social media will let us know. 
that the dawn of sports won again. But JT, you've been, always, you've been you had a losing record for a while now. So what? You, you don't want them to be the judge. I'm losing. I'm undefeated. I stay undefeated. Come on, man. Yeah. We'll go look at the comments. But but great job as always, JT. Another one in the books. So until the next episode, see ya.